Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Today we're in our series called Christmas at Foundation Church, and if you didn't see Cousin Eddie coming in with his RV, um, we want you to go take a picture with him. Um, I promise you, he's like the PG-rated version of Cousin Eddie, Um, but stop by, take a picture with him. Next week, we're going to be talking about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. We will have Yukon Cornelius here along with the big 12-foot bumble um, in the lobby for your picture-taking experience, so make sure you don't miss. It's going to be a great, great series. We still have the cookie cart going on. We got all kinds of things happening, so uh, make sure that you are here. Today, we are talking about dealing with your cousin Eddie, right? And and here's about here's what I love about cousin Eddie. Um, cousin Eddie is he's a blast to watch on TV. Um, he is a, he's got some great one-liners, right? I mean, he has some fantastic, epic one-liners. Um, he's a total train wreck. He's a total mess. And as much as I enjoy watching cousin Eddie on the TV, I don't want cousin Eddie showing up at my house. Right, like you don't want, hey, today it's okay if you preach with me and talk back. We'll have fun today. Um, But it's okay if you don't want Cousin Eddie showing up at your house. And here's what I know about me and you. All of us in this place, all of us watching online today, we have our own Cousin Eddie. Right? We have our own Cousin Eddie. If you've never seen the movie, you're probably going, I'm kind of lost right now. We all have difficult people we have to deal with. And the circus is about to come to town. Right? It's about to happen. And, and, and here's the other truth. Maybe your cousin Eddie lives with you. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a grown child. Maybe it's, I, I don't know. I don't know. And maybe it's really tense. No, not, it's not tense in here for anybody, just everybody watching online. Um, but maybe it's really tense for you today. Today I want to give us four things about how do you deal with difficult people. Because here's the truth. Dealing with difficult people is difficult. Dealing with difficult people, if we're just to be honest, dealing with difficult people is really difficult. So I'm going to give us four things. We're going to be hitting these things quick. It's going to be like drinking from a fire hydrant today. So first thing is this, how to deal with difficult people, how to deal with your cousin Eddie is learn to step away before you give way. Learn to step away from the person, from the situation before you give way. One thing I can promise you that's going to happen over this Christmas season, over this holiday season, it probably has already happened, is that your cousin Eddie, your difficult person, is going to say something they shouldn't. They're going to do something they shouldn't. They're going to annoy you. They're going to annoy you before you even get there. Right, And they are going to do something. They are going to inconvenience you. And you're going to want to get a bad attitude before they even show up or before you even go to their house. you got a nasty attitude, and what's about to happen is something's about to go down, and you can either burn it down to the ground or you can learn the art of stepping away. Parents, your grown children are getting ready to come to your house, and they're going to tell you everything they do know and everything you're ignorant of. It's going to happen. Grown children, your 
aging parents are going to come in, and they're going to tell you how you're doing it all wrong, and they're going to treat you like you're still 13 years old. It's coming to town. Your older sister is about to come to town. Like your, your siblings are about to come to town, right? And how do you deal with your, not that my older sibling is difficult, um, but um, how do you deal with your difficult person? In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11, gives us a great insight on this. It says, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. They learn to take a step back. They, they step away, right? They learn to quietly hold it back. I love that phrase, they learn, they quietly hold it back. The wise quietly hold it back. What this means is this. It, it means that you don't go, you know what, I'm going to just let that stupid comment you made just slide. I'm just going to quietly hold it back. That's not quietly holding it back, right? It's, it's not you going, I'm not going to say anything about that, but if I was to say something about that, I would probably say this. Um, that is not quietly holding it back, right? It's not declaring that you're the big, going to be the bigger person. I love that. Well, I'm just going to be the bigger person in this situation. If you have to declare you're the bigger person, you're not the bigger person. Like everybody knows in the room, you're not the bigger person. You lost, right? Let's just call it the way it is. It's not you shaking your head like, I can't believe they're saying this. They're so dumb. They're, this is just ridiculous. And, and when they're talking, you're just going, no, 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 no. That's not quietly holding it back. If you are going to learn the art of stepping away, you got to learn to go to another room. You do. You're going to have to learn that when something irritates you, something makes you mad, something gets on your nerves... It's better for you to step away and go to another room till your emotions die down than to blow it all up. It means you're going to have to go for a walk. Well, Justin, it's 20 degrees out, but you got so mad you're still going to be hot when you're on that walk, right? Let's just be honest. Man, I'm burning up still. It's 20 degrees because you're so mad, right? Go for a walk. Remove yourself from the equation. Remove yourself from the conversation. Remove yourself from the situation and learn the art of walking and stepping away. Proverbs 15 says this, a gentle answer deflects anger. But harsh words make tempers flare. A hot-tempered person starts fights. A cool-tempered person stops them. The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. The mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. And that we would think, we would carefully think before we speak. Right? Let me, let me show you a great illustration of this. I saw this on uh, social media just uh, that illustrates this. It's a picture of a matchbook, right? And it just says the art, the power of stepping away. If you can put that back up there. Yeah, the power of stepping away. Can I tell you, it's such a great illustration. Because you can either decide not to step away and you just, it all burns up, right? It all just, everything's awkward for the rest of the day, for the rest of Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. You know, I just blew the whole thing up and burned it all down. Or you can step away. You, you can learn the art of thinking carefully before you speak because you have a heart of wisdom. And you're stepping away. And you're speaking life because here's the simple reality. Why do we need to learn to step away? Because our job as a follower of Christ isn't to just survive our cousin Eddie. It isn't to tolerate your difficult person. It's to minister to them. It's to be Jesus with skin onto them. 
It's to be that you are Christ's ambassador. Paul said you are Christ's representative to, to people you don't want to be. And, and that's the why behind it. And if you're going to do that, you can't do that while you lose it. You're going to have to learn to step away so that you can be G- Jesus' representative to your cousin Eddie. The second way to deal with difficult people is, I love this point, it may be my favorite. Don't argue over things that don't matter. Don't argue over things that don't matter. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23 through 24, again I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. Amen. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach, and be patient with difficult people. Don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only starts fights. I would say this. Apply that part to your social media. Just just stop. Like, why? It doesn't matter. Like, we get in fights all the time. I see Christians lose their mind over college football. We all stink this year. Your team stinks and so does mine. It doesn't matter. Even if your team's good and mine stinks or mine's good and yours stinks, it does, why are we losing relationships over college football? Who's, these kids are 18 to 23 years old. Like, come on, come on. We lose our minds over, does the toilet paper go over or under, right? Like, come on. Like, see, everybody's like shouting it at me. Yeah, first service was like, no, it goes over. See, all of you are like, you got an opinion. Hey, I just want to make sure it's there. I don't care. Just make sure it's there. Is Chick-fil-A better or is Popeye's chicken sandwich better, right? Like, like we've lost our minds. It's Jesus' chicken all the way. You know God's chicken, right? And, and, and here's what I would say. Don't argue over things that don't matter. Because here's what I can tell you. People are going to say things all the time that are incorrect and not true and stupid, And can I tell you, you are not the truth police. You're not, you're not the truth police. If your job is to be the truth police, you're exhausted in this place today. Reason you're watching at home is because you're tired. You won't ever stop working. Right? You're you're not the some of us are gonna get in arguments because this, this 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 happens. I'll be in the midst of a story telling something that happened in my childhood, and my sister will be there, right? I'll be 30, I mean, it's 30 years ago. It happened when I was 15 years old or something like that. And, and like, I'll be in the middle of my story, and my sister will stop me mid-sentence. That's not how it happened. That's not, that's not accurate at all. That's not how it happened. And I'm like, okay, wise wizard, like, you go ahead and just let me know, Gandalf, because apparently you've been there for the whole thing. Just, just wizard it out. Like, I'm just like, okay, I don't know anything, and you know everything, right? Like, I'm just like, oh, can I tell you, my job isn't to get mad. I'm preaching to myself right now. It doesn't matter. Well, Pastor, are you telling us to not get in arguments, not to get in fights, not to, you know, not to stand up for truth? That's that. Yeah, I am. No. Can I tell you, if we fight over everything, people are going to stop listening to us. 
We got to learn to actually take a stand and argue when it has eternal consequences, right? When it actually matters so that we haven't died on every hill, but we have energy to put towards things that have an eternal consequence and are actually worth fighting for. The second thing I would tell you is before you engage, look who you are engaging with. Before you engage, before you fight, Look who you're engaging with. Proverbs 18.2. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Proverbs 26.4. Don't answer the foolish arguments of fools or you will become as foolish as they are. Every year we host a family gathering. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a holiday. And um, we have a bunch of family come over, extended family. There's one family member that every time he comes in, uh, he just wants to talk to me. He beelines it to me. And he asked me this question, hey, how's church going? And I'll be like, well, it's, you know, it's starting to go pretty good. You know, we made the move. And, and he's just waiting for me to shut up because he has no desire to hear how Foundation Church is doing. He just wants to tell me how horrible the church in general is, right? And so I, I'll stop. He's like, well, our church is awful. You know, our pastor's horrible, and this is what's wrong with the church, and just I hope you're not doing this, and just I hope you're not doing that. And, and like, I, I, I'm, I'm stuck. I've, I've, I've tried to go to another room. He follows me to another room. I've gone to other places. I've gone on a walk. I'll just walk with you, Justin. Like, what happened? I'm like, leave me alone. I will make eye contact with my wife and be like, come help me. And she's like, do you need me to get something? Because I see you're having a great conversation right now. Jimmy, get you coffee so you don't have to move. I'm like, no, you sorry sucker. She's like, that's what you get for always talking about me. I'm like, dad, gum you. Take back Proverbs 31, what I said about you. Um, anyways. And what I've learned is I used to argue with them. I used to fight with them. It's not worth it. Right, I have to look at who I'm engaged. If all they're waiting for me to do is shut up so they can keep talking, they don't want understanding. They don't want wisdom. They just want to air their foolish argument. And hear me, if you're going to deal with your difficult person, if you're going to actually minister to your personal cousin Eddie, you got to watch who you're engaging with before you engage in a conversation with them. Because sometimes you're just going to have to keep moving or choose not to engage. It's disengaged, right? The third way to deal with difficult people is understand it pays to be patient, to be patient, but impatience always has a price. It pays to be patient. That doesn't mean that it's easy to be patient, but it always pays to be patient. Impatience always has a price. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 8 through 9. Finishing is better than starting. Patience is better than pride. Control your temper, for anger labels you a fool. Um, I don't have one of these. This is the church's. It's a label maker. Um, never used one because that would mean I'd have to be organized. Um, and I'm like, I just throw it in a tub, right? But I could see where this would be really handy because you can make a label for like your extension cords and power strips in the garage. You put the label on it, it tells everybody from a distance, you don't even have to look in it, what's in there are extension cords and, and, and power strips. You put your Christmas lights in one, you're getting the idea. Man, it's Christmas lights. It takes the guessing work 
out of what's inside. You don't have to engage. You don't have to look because the label is telling you what it is from a distance. And the Bible is saying this, anger labels you and me as a fool. Meaning this, that when you lose your temper, when you lose your patience, impatience always has a price, that anger labels you a fool. And people don't have to get to know you better. They don't have to get a closer look at the argument. They don't have to know what you're getting mad about. They don't have to get a more investigative approach. It has already been done, and it has labeled you a fool, and it's taken the guesswork out of it. And I have seen people that were right in their argument, but wrong about how they went about it, and as a result, they, they may have won the argument, but they look like the fool. You and I have to learn the man, patience always pays off. But impatience always has a price. One of my favorite verses on patience is found in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 29. It says, patience leads to abundant understanding, but impatience leads to stupid mistakes. Sometimes I just need the Bible to flesh it out and tell me how it is, right? (laughs) Patience leads to abundant understanding, but impatience leads to stupid mistakes. Can I tell you, I hate making stupid mistakes. I think most of us, and all of us in here, all of us watching at home, we've all made stupid mistakes. And what happened, the reason that most of the time we make stupid mistakes is that we're not paying attention. Right, And you're going to hear me say this phrase today. You're going to hear me say it a lot next year. But there is a tension that happens when you lose your patience. The conversation starts getting awkward. The room gets a little awkward and tense, right? And the relationships start getting tense. And it's kind of like Ricky Bobby. I don't know what, quite what to do with my hands, right? There's, there's tension that is happening there. And here's what I would just encourage you with is learn to pay attention to the tension, Like, learn to pay attention to the tension. Because my life has never gone wrong when I've had patience and I've gained an abundance of understanding. When understanding and wisdom is leading my life, it has never led me to to a place that I have regretted or that has been bad or detrimental to me or my relationships. But anytime impatience takes control, anytime annoyance takes control, but Justin, they had it coming. Anytime you start getting grumpy and your anger gets involved, it always has a cost. So when you feel that impatience and you feel the tension rising, pay attention to the tension and learn, going back to our first point, learn the art of stepping away, of taking a step back so that your patience can come and be in control and lead your life. Don't let your self-led nature lead, but let your spirit-led nature lead. The fourth way that we deal with Cousin Eddie's, we're going to spend some time on this, is this. Live out difficult parts of the Bible to difficult people. Live out difficult parts of the Bible to difficult people. Our tendency is to leave out the difficult parts of the Bible when it comes to difficult people instead of living out the difficult parts of the Bible to difficult people. But maybe the reason they're still difficult is because nobody has lived out the biblical commands because it's too difficult because they are so difficult. I had to read that because there's no way I could have done that on my own, right? 
It's too difficult. Maybe the reason they're still so complicated and so difficult is because nobody has put in the work or the time to do what the Bible commands us to do, right? It's not an optional thing that you and I are called to do, and we don't get to pick who we are Christ's representatives to. He says, man, to, to be Christ ambassadors to the world. That means to that person that is getting on your last nerve today. That means to the person that has blown it and doesn't deserve it. Live out the difficult parts of the Bible, even to difficult people. I'm going to give you our text. It's at the end of our message. I know most pastors do it at the beginning. But my hope is this, is that the next two passages of Scripture I give you, you write them. You write them down every day, and you live them out. Because, man, if you can live this out, whoo, Cousin Eddie, Cousin Eddie ain't going to be so difficult for very long. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8 through 11 says this, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Oh, are you kidding me? Like, that's what I do, right? When I read that, I start grumbling. Right? Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks with the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things, all things, right, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Romans chapter 12, before we get to this passage of Scripture, DSV calls this passage that I'm about to read to you, Marks of the True Christian. That this passage of Scripture, these, these qualities, these characteristics should mark, should be like parts and qualities of our lives because we are followers of Christ. Romans 12, 9 through 19 says this, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. And at that point, I'm like, really, God? Like, really? Um, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. If you missed midweek, uh, Michael Ballard, our executive director, did an awesome job talking about what it meant to honor one another, what it meant to honor other people. Um, so if you missed it, go check out the podcast. It says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident home. Be patient in trouble. And keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them, but pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people or your cousin Eddie, right? And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Oh, man. Like, that's, that's, the, that's the shot to the heart for me, right? Do all that you can 
to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. My encouragement to you as your pastor today, let's live this out for the rest of this year. Once it hits January 1st, we can forget about it. But, you know, for at least... At least for the rest of this year. Let's live this out. And, and there's, there's a few things I want to hit. Be hospitable without grumbling. Wow. You know what your cousin Eddie's going to do? He's going to sit in your favorite spot. He's going to eat your favorite food that somebody sent you from a place that you can't get that favorite food. He's going to dominate it and not even ask if he can have it. He's going to control your remote control. (laughs) He better not. He is. And the Bible says this, be hospitable without grumbling. Dang. Dude, the difficult parts of the Bible live out the difficult parts of the Bible to difficult people. Be hospitable. Be a great host, that they would see your good works and say, man, what's, what's going on? Something's different about you because I know I'm difficult, and you're still being nice. Be hospitable without grumbling. It says hold tightly to what is right. Can I tell you, I lose my group grip all the time on things that are right, on the good that I should do because my emotions and my impatience makes me want to lose my grip. It makes me want to just be impatient. And there's going to be a moment, there's going to be an emotion that hits your life where you have to, I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to, I'm going to make myself hold on to what is right, to what, is, to what I know I'm commanded to do and how I'm commanded to live. Don't lose your grip on what is right. But hold tightly to it. Enforce your grip. Make sure you are actually really loving one another. The third thing, really love each other's. Don't fake it. Instead, choose it. Can I tell you, so many times we think love is something that we're going to feel ourselves to. No, love is something you choose yourself to. 1 Corinthians 13, go read it. Everybody wants it read at their wedding, but can I tell you, that is a love that is mature, that is marked by choosing to love that way instead of feeling love that way. And you got to choose, you got to be intentional about loving one another. You've got to be purposeful about loving one another. There's going to be times you're going to have to focus. I got to focus on holding on to what is right and shutting my mouth right now and just loving the dog out of you right now because I don't like you right now. Love's purposeful, it takes effort and it takes energy. On your side, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 through 3, and then verse 29 says this, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourself together with peace. And don't use foul or abusive language. Don't even mumble it, right? Don't even grumble about it. Let everything you say be good and helpful 
so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Are your words an encouragement to those who hear them? And not just your cousin Eddie, but those that are living with you nonstop. Let your words be an encouragement to those who hear them. Last thing is this, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. I'm going to need a drink of water for this one. Do all that you, but Justin, they stand against everything I stand for. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. As far as it depends on you, shut your mouth. Can I tell you one thing I've, I've noticed? We all have buttons, right? We all have buttons that other people know how to push. Your cousin Eddie knows how to push your buttons. Your sibling, <laughs> they know how to push your buttons and you know how to push theirs. You know, your spouse, your ex-spouse, your third ex-spouse, they all know how to push your buttons. Right? They, they know. Your father-in-law knows how to push your buttons. Your son-in-law, your daughter-in-law, they, they know. And the question is, when your buttons get pushed, are you going to live this out? Are you going to do all that you can to still live in peace with everyone? Because that's not easy to do. But our call and our command is to live out the difficult parts of the Bible to difficult people. See, she doesn't even like it. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. I close with this. I call it the $86,390 principle. The $86,390 principle. Today, if I gave you $86,400 to put in your bank account, yeah, you'd be all right, right? You'd be like, all right, I like this church. We're going to come back to this church. Like, hey, they gave me $86,000. $400. For some of you, that would solve a lot of issues. That would give you a cushion. You could go on vacations, buy a car, blow it all, and Dave Ramsey would still be mad at you, right? Some of you, you'd be like, I got $86,400. And if somebody, while you're taking that to, to your car, somebody came and took $10 and didn't ask, just took it and took off and jumped in their car and never came back to Foundation Church, you would be annoyed, right? You'd be upset. You'd be like, what a sorry jerk. But you wouldn't go, you know what, I don't even want it. $86,390, I don't even want it, right? No, you would still go put that $86,390 in the bank account because you got $86,390 left. You wouldn't just burn it down to the ground. You wouldn't just say, what's the use? No, you have been still blessed with $86,390 that you can do a lot with. You got a lot left over. Do you know there is 86,400 seconds in every day? And why would you let 10 seconds of somebody's negativity ruin the 86,390 seconds you got left? Right? Why would you let somebody's 10-second post ruin your 86,390 seconds that you got left in your day? What somebody said in a 10-second 10 10-second 10 lie should not affect the rest of my 86,300. Man, this is still the day that the Lord has made. I'm not going to throw it away, but I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it because I still got 86,390 seconds that I can live out the gospel that he has given me to do. And so as you go through this holiday experience, 
Man, as you go through Christmas and you're dealing with difficult people and there are stressors and there's all these things, there's going to be 10 seconds. There's going to be 100 seconds. There's going to be 400 seconds. They want to try to ruin the 86,000 other seconds of your day. But just like you wouldn't throw the $86,000 away, don't throw the 86,000 seconds that you got left to make Jesus famous, to be his representative away. Because that's still the day the Lord has given you. And I'm not going to let somebody's 10 seconds ruin the 86,390 seconds I've got left. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. And God, I just thank you for your patience with us. And I pray that, Lord, as you have been patient with us, we would be patient with others. Lord, all of us in this place, we're going to have a moment. There's going to be people that we find really difficult to deal with. And Lord, instead of grumbling about it, instead of complaining about it, instead of engaging in fights that don't matter, I pray that we would learn to step back. That, Lord, we would learn the art of self-control. Because, Lord, the simple truth is when we lose our temper, we lose. Impatience always has a price. But patience always pays off. So, Lord, I pray today that you'd help us to make the most of the 86,400 seconds you've given us every day. But Lord, when somebody says something negative, when somebody says something that, that wants to take away and try to ruin the rest of those 86,000 seconds, that Lord, we wouldn't do it, but we'd still be a good steward of the day and the time you've given us. We wouldn't let an awkward five minutes steal the rest of the time, all this time that you've given us to still be glad and still rejoice in it. And so, Lord, I pray today that we, as far as it depends on us, we would get along with others. That we would play nice with others. You'd help us to live out the difficult parts of the Bible to difficult people. So that those difficult people would come to know you. Would come to see you. Would come to find you as their Lord and Savior. And God, I pray, be with us. In Jesus' wonderful name I pray. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.